What up, what up, what up? What is going on, everybody? Uh, Ev, been a while. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing good. Um, we talked this morning, so not much has changed since then. But uh, we didn't really talk about too much of what's going on outside of Vaughn and in terms of hockey. And it's been kind of crazy down here in Tampa from hearing all the rumors. So what's it like up? up with you in Michigan? Well, being at the office, um, we're all trying to kind of narrow down where these hub cities are going to be. And it sounds like there's the possibility that they could do two West cities, which I think would be kind of weird, kind of wild um, to put all of them on one conference. But hey, at the end of the day, health wise, maybe that is the way to go. But I'm going to, I'm going to give you a hot take right from the get here, Kyle. Um, There's, there's no chance anyone plays hockey. Like the way things are shaking down, there's no chance with players and staff and everybody having outbreaks. I just like I would put I'd put money on it that there's no chance they play. I honestly, what do you think? I don't. I don't even think that's a hot take. I'm kind of in the same boat with you right now. So either our boat's really hot and we can't feel it, but to me that just with everything that's going on, it's it's crazy. Um, obviously, Tampa had uh, I think it was like five guys. Um, and then also some big names around the league supposedly have it. So it's, I don't know, just you got to think, like they said, the safety and health of players come first. There's no possible way that we're going to be able to have a season. And it just doesn't even make sense to me right now to do it. You know, it's already going to be shortened. There's already going to be this whole thing around whoever wins this year of, you know, it's not it's not the real Stanley cup run. You know, you didn't go through the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's, I, I don't see it happening, but also I will say, I don't even think the fact that you said like they might all go to a Western city to me, that's the most normal thing that's happened. It's already crazy enough that, you know, where we're at right <laughs> right now. So, but I did see Columbus said they won't be hosting. So that's tough. Also a yeah. uh, side note, I saw on Instagram, uh, there's a, a signed petition with 50,000 signatures to rename Columbus uh, Flavortown in honor of Guy Fieri. So just fun fact about Guy Fieri. But Flavortown Blue Jackets. Now, I just have a huge, not a bone to pick, not a response. But at the end of the day here, Kyle, Tampa Bay got way too cocky. The Lightning players putting that little media piece together where everyone's like, oh, we could go play hockey again. Everybody get on their sick jet skis because we live on the water and the ocean. It's sick, dude. And then uh, you find out five uh, five players and staff end up with uh, COVID. Yeah, that might have been a little cocky, huh? I don't, I'm going to defend them because it's been everywhere in the league. I think there's another team, too, that said they had like five. It might have been Pittsburgh had like another five guys. Like I think every single team in the league is going to have the same issues. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it cocky. has anything to do with the jet skiing. A little cocky though, a little, little cocky there. I think to come out and just say we're going to play and then you all get sick. But on another note, I do want to say, I hope everyone goes through it very, very, I mean, is, I don't know if quickly is the word or maybe safely is the best choice of words here, but ideally everything's safe for the players and no one has any uh, difficulties fighting off the virus. So, yeah. Um, but in later news, Kyle, you guys, uh, you and your boy, Chris Conan, who's been on the pod once or twice, uh, you guys had a sweet little picture there for the giveaway t-shirt, huh? Yeah, we we got out to the beach, put our matching shirts on, and did a little photo shoot. So it was, uh, I think it was some good promotion for the brand. There were actually a couple people came up to us uh, and said like, hey, like love the pod, you know? So uh, we're, I guess we're some celebrities now. Yeah, you guys are famous. I mean, Chris has only been on it once, and they probably recognize him more than they do you and I. Yeah, yeah. They, they actually they asked for some autographs. So, How much did you have to pay Chris to put a hat on, though? No, he so he actually loves it. I might not even get that hat back because – Really? I think I've said it before on here. Of I can't find hats that fit my head. Oh, so yeah. That's like – That little noggin. That, it's, dude, it's – what it's like the golf 
Vaughn hat with the vintage logo on it. Whatever yeah. company you guys got it through, that thing fits my head like a glove. And he the has a gray, right? head, so he, he might hang on to that. The Heather Gray? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, that's a limited edition. That's a Richardson cap. Those are uh, We only did about 10 of those and then 10 flat, uh, flat brim black snappies with the uh, the old school Vaughn logo. So if you yeah. have one of those, you're in luck. You got a limited edition piece. So if you need a signature, get Chris Conan or Kyle Conan to sign that bad boy for you and it shoots up in value. I think I think eBay's got those out for like 30 bucks a piece. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That's what I was seeing lately. You don't want to miss Dev, out. Anything new with you? It's uh roller. Anything new on that ring? Um, yeah, we're, uh, we're working while well, I'm working on a little goalie school. We're going to try and help promote goaltending. Um, and we do have a podcast with him, but Steve Thompson, you know, had hopped on with us and uh, we'll have to get him, his podcast edited and up, but, um, he's a big propo- er, promoter of goaltending, obviously 51 and 30 with USA hockey. But at the end of the day, you got to invest in the kids because I think you and I both know the amount of times we get called to sub is way too many. Obviously, yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually, I got asked to sub for three teams tonight. See, that's like, it's an unheard of. Now yeah. at, at a, at a men's league age, it's a little bit different because it's not as serious, but there's so many kids and youth teams. Like there's some, uh, there's a, an account out on Boston that I follow from the Massachusetts Boston area. They do all the mass hockey. Um, and they're always asking, oh, we need a 12U goalie for single A. We need a triple A goalie for 14U. If you think you can hang, come out. We're doing a tournament. There's way too much of that going on. So yeah. at all levels, whether it's deck hockey, inline, or ice, we have to invest in young goalies and get them into the game. And how do you do that? You do it by teaching them how to enjoy it, and you teach them how to properly play. I think too many kids get thrown in the game. And when you know you see a kid that goes in that's playing eight you and he gets shelled ten nothing and everybody goes back exactly. to the room and they rip on him he's never going to play again right well no hockey's not fun if you're if you're you know getting scored on a lot and obviously like as a kid you know you want to just go have fun and i think it's a lot easier to go and score a goal and you you know you feel like you're on top of the world whereas as a goalie i mean you're probably not getting many shutouts in, in youth so at least any any bit helps to learn the position and make a few saves at least to have some fun because if you go out there as a, as a kid and <laughs> you're pulling a lot of pucks out of the net probably not going to last too long yep it's uh it's just not a fun experience so that's what i'm working on but i rolled my ankle so i gotta go get that x-ray today and we'll see if it's fractured <laughs> or not so i can see if i can throw the boots on to even coach because it doesn't look like i'll be playing in the next week or so well, but, i, uh, I we'll think see. it's it's better probably better in a skate some more support See, that's what I'm thinking, but, you know, I got the family on me. Everyone's barking at me. Rhea's barking at me. She's saying, you know, don't do it because you're going to make it worse and you're never going to skate again in your life. But I, she's smart because when she said that and it registered with my little brain, I'm like, oh, man, if I couldn't play <laughs> hockey for the rest of my life, that's a lot worse than me not playing for three to four weeks. So maybe I should go get this checked out. So yeah. shout out I to mean, Rhea. Hey, Michael, Michael Jordan had the same thing, and he went out and played, so. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, he's a much better athlete than than, than no, I am. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what did I tweet out the one time, Kyle? Um, oh yeah, Michael Jordan retired same uh, the day before I was born. So October sixth, nineteen ninety three, <sighs> Michael Jordan retires. October seventh, nineteen ninety three, Everett Day Bomarito is born in Seoul, South Korea. I think he saw something coming coincidence no chance he knew no he knew yeah. he was scared and uh, i mean at the end of the day who can blame him yeah so, mj if you ever want to 1v1 me in a golf round i'll uh i can't throw down the big bucks but you know i'll give you what i have so with that being said we got a beauty of an interview here with tristan jari young stud uh from the great city of, well he's playing in pittsburgh but he's from way up north in uh canada hey how about him driving a truck a yeah, I was, truck I was gonna yeah, say that drives insane and at the t- at the time <laughs> i think we we brought it up to him because he, he said the drives like a crazy long like took 30 a, hours yeah like it's over a day way and so he went home when the season got canceled. Then he just drove back out there another 30 hours. And it's now, gross. like, you know, we're, we're saying neither of us really think it's going to have hockey come back. So that would suck if he has to go right back again. That's 30 hours home, baby. 90, Here we was go. That ni- 90 hours for nothing. Hey, you know what? You know what the good news is? He, that's plenty of time to throw the pot on. So, you know, you're driving to hockey, you're driving two hours away from the city because that's the only rink you can get to right now. Throw, throw a podcast episode on. 
listen to a little between two posts. Yeah. But uh, outside of that, let's send it over to Jerry, and uh, we'll see you guys after. Between two posts tonight, all the way from the beautiful city of Surrey, British Columbia, standing at a stunning six foot and two inches, he goes by the name of Tristan Jari. Welcome to the pod, buddy. Thanks for having me. How uh, how are you holding up out there? Not too bad. Starting to get excited to have hockey back, and hopefully we get to open up soon. Heck yeah, man! Are you uh, where you stand right now? Did you stay in Pitt, or are you back home in uh, Canada? Uh, I was back home in Canada for a little bit, and then uh, when we heard that hockey might be opening up soon, we came back to Pittsburgh. Just the last week, we've been back in Pittsburgh now. Sweet, were, you able to, were you able to fly there, or did you have to make that drive? Uh, no, we had to drive. We Oof. drove both ways, actually, so almost 60, 60 hours in the car. Oh, that's, that's tough. That is yeah, very. At least there's not like anything better to do right now, so it's not, <laughs> like, you're, it's not like you're missing out on anything. Yeah, just a lot of, a lot of miles put on the truck. That's about it. <laughs> Or, uh, when you go home, do you go back to Surrey or do you stay like in Vancouver or, uh, my family lives in Tawasson and then I have a house in <clears throat> Edmonton. Oh, oh wow. Okay. So you, you got to go a ways up then, huh? <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, basically across the continent. That's fun. I mean, you get to see a lot of trees, a lot of the backwoods there. So, um, <laughs> but no, we, uh, want to say thanks for joining us and we want to kick this off with a little this or that here. So the first one, Tristan is going to be WWE wrestling or MMA or UFC, I guess. Uh, probably MMA. Okay. Did you see the, uh, the big, uh, McGregor cowboy fight? No, I did not. Actually, we haven't had too much TV. We've been it's been lucky enough to be nice outside, so we've been trying to spend as much time outside as we can. For sure, and you probably don't get that too much in Edmonton, huh? <laughs> no, not a lot out there. Um, I noticed you're a big car guy. Uh, you follow a lot of like car accounts on Instagram. Now, Lamborghini or Ferrari? Uh, definitely Ferrari. Oh, yeah? little heat there. You getting into the collection and stuff, or what? Uh, I have a couple. I have a 1955 Ford F100, and then I have a diesel truck, and then a Raptor. Oh, man, you're a big truck guy, huh? Yeah, I like trucks, so it's. I have a couple trucks now, and the old one's definitely fun to drive on the weekends. What'd you take uh, across the country? Uh, the Raptor. Oh, man. Paying for gas has got to yeah, be incredible. Say, eating, up, eating up some gas there. <laughs> yeah, we're we're lucky gas prices went down, but it's definitely a hefty bill. <laughs> Best time for it. Um, so uh, after the new, uh, what was it, ESPN came out with The Last Dance, are you Team MJ or Team LeBron? Uh, I definitely like MJ. We've watched every episode and it's been phenomenal you can't wait till the next one comes out every time you finish one so we usually waited a week or two extra just so we could watch a couple in a row yeah does does that pump you up for hockey too like you want to just get out on the ice and like compete yeah definitely when you see it you see how much of an athlete he is and how well-rounded he was as a person it just makes you that much more i guess have that drive to be out there and do what you can for sure. <laughs> what, so, what was that, F? What, uh, what was your favorite episode there, Tristan? Uh, I think the one where his dad passed away, and then he goes to the finals, and it ended up being on Father's Day. So mm-hmm. when he, he kind of won it for his dad, and then one of his security guards had cancer, and he was there for him and everything. I think the, those two episodes are probably the best. Yeah, that... Uh... I remember watching that one and that one really hit home just based on like what I had gone through in my life. But yeah, like that was one of my favorites, but the connection, I think we talked about it before in one of our, uh, one of the other podcasts we had posted was like, cause there's always that photo of him after he had won again. And he's, you know, he's got the ball, he's in the training room, he's on the floor and he's crying. 
and you just kind of think yeah. like always oh, like he's overcome with excitement there's a lot of emotion just from winning that that you know another ship but then when you see the backstory and like because i didn't really follow basketball because i might have been what like six or seven at the time he won but like now you understand like the buildup of everything what had happened in the last year and then as you're watching the documentary every championship that he won his dad was in the room like they showed that yeah. picture the the clip of him he's standing up like on top of the lockers he's got his like championship hat on he's smiling as as his uh son you know michael walks into the room i'm like god like that's nobody else gets to really experience anything like that you know so uh, that was pretty incredible but kyle i cut you off there what were you gonna say oh i was just gonna go to the next one but i'm glad you touched on that a little more because it was definitely a pretty sweet documentary a lot, a lot of depth to it but um on the, on the lighter side coffee are you a tim's or a duncan guy I actually don't drink coffee, but really, uh, when we do stop, we usually stop at Tim's. We haven't stopped at Dunkin' too much. Smell you what's, later, Kyle. What's the? Is there like <laughs> a big coffee place in Pittsburgh? Because I know Dunkin's probably maybe a little bit more north. I, I don't know. I've never been to Pittsburgh, but no, Dunkin's pretty much all around here. My first year actually playing Wilkesbury. Uh, that's where I'd stop for breakfast every morning just to get a bagel was at Dunkin'. So that was the only thing in Wilkesbury that was open in the morning. So that's what I usually got on the way to the rink. And you still take that elder, Kyle. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, he, just, he, get, he got his bagel there, he said. Dunkin <laughs> so if you're not into coffee, are you a big tea guy then? No. Nothing? Nothing you, to get you going? No. No, nothing really. We have... Uh, during games, I'm usually a little bit of BioSteel and then uh, Gatorade. And then our trainers have like this, I guess, healthy caffeine that we take. And <laughs> you healthy just, caffeine. <laughs> you, you, just, you just put it in a water bottle and you shake it up. And that's what I drink before games usually. Wow. That's interesting. So uh, you're definitely not the type of guy that was, you know, ripping a couple scoops of pre-workout in the dub, huh? <laughs> no, definitely not. I don't think I've ever had pre-workout before. So, no oh, pre-workout, no, no coffee. All natural. all natural. Yeah, just an all-natural guy. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I, uh, when I go into rooms and stuff, especially junior hockey, occasionally you see the guys with like a, a little thing of pre-workout on the shelf, and then you could only imagine like I've had that stuff before, and your skin's just itching, like you want to go nuts, your heart's like beating out your chest. I'm like, I don't know how you guys do it. And then you go out and play a game, I'd lose my mind. But yeah, there was definitely quite a few guys that took pre-workout and energy drinks, especially when I play in Edmonton. Not, now, not so much. Everything's provided for us, so it's all what the trainers give us, and it's usually there, ready for when we get there. And I mean, they call it healthy caffeine, so it's got to be good, good for you, right? <laughs> exactly. I don't think there could be anything wrong with it when that, that's what they call it. Everything's good. Everything's good. Um, and then next up. Oh, I, I want to say real quick while you're okay. on the topic of like pregame stuff. I feel like it's kind of the same with the smelling salts. I feel like less guys have kind of used them. You're almost better off going in like just natural because I've seen some guys take smelling salts and like they – it seems like their brain just shuts off for a solid five minutes. <laughs> they're just, they're just running around and there's no like game plan, you know, but yeah, I've, I've smelled them before. I don't use them. They're, it's very, a, a very potent smell and it's not something that I enjoy smelling. So even when guys crack them around me on the bench, it's like, Oh, I don't, hopefully they don't bring that over here. Cause it really stinks. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, funny story uh some guys on my beer league team uh we went into the championship as expected not a big deal and uh i walked into the room like five minutes before these guys were all cracking smelling salts i go what are you guys doing this is men's league it's c league on a wednesday night like everybody's just relax <laughs> but yeah I, i've never gotten into the smelling salt thing but next up tristan panera bread or chipotle definitely chipotle Chipper, what do you get there? Uh, usually a salad bowl with uh, rice, black beans, and then chicken. Mm, okay, okay. Now, bowl, do you bowls a veteran move? Yeah, then you. 
I usually don't eat the whole thing right away. So I usually put the, the cap back on and have it, have it for later. Boom. You got two meals right there, right? <laughs> exactly. You just, you know how to get a deal out of it. Now, do you add queso or uh, guacamole? Definitely guac. Got to go with the guac. That's for sure. Um, McDonald's or Taco Bell? McDonald's. Really? Yeah, not so much a Taco Bell person. When I played in Edmonton, my billets loved Taco Bell, so they'd always go to Taco Bell, and I, I could never stomach it. I don't know what it was. If it, if it was all the fake cheese or what it was, but it just didn't sit well with me. Yeah, yeah I mean, <laughs> who knows what's in those? And, and you're an all-natural guy, so probably not up your... Up your... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not healthy caffeine. <laughs> my so, uh in high school my friend he had worked at taco bell and i go like you know like you gotta tell me like what where does it come from like where does the meat come from he goes well it comes in a bag it's liquid and then we fry it in a pan and then it becomes solid again so i don't really know what it is and i go mm, well that's uh that's very enlightening so i steer away from that now yeah it doesn't look like i do though so Let's see movies or series uh probably movies i'd prefer a movie over a series but if i get into a series uh me and my girlfriend definitely usually binge it the whole day (laughs) it just turns into a long movie yeah exactly (laughs) so then what's your what's your favorite movie i like talgate nights and i guess for like an animation i like the cars movie (laughs) all right (laughs) big cars guys so 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 later on the list down here we had Netflix or Hulu, but I told Ev we might have to add Disney Plus into there. So where where do you sit with those? Uh, just Netflix, no Hulu. Oh, all right, no Disney, Disney Plus, Plus either. either. No, no Disney Plus. Wow. All right, they have all the we're, cars, Star Wars, anything Disney. I think's on there. We're uh, usually on the road too much, so it's not really worth it. Other than just to have Netflix, so we have Netflix and. That's all we got. (laughs) I see. I see. Now, my question about Cars. Did you ever see Cars 3? Which one's that? Cars. That's the the, the synopsis. Is it the... Oh, that's the last one. So, it's Lightning's like an old, almost like veteran car now. He's kind of slower, but he's he's got the the mental games there. He's got the IQ. And... uh, yeah, I mean that's about the best description I can give. Yeah, that's the one I where th- he I ends th- up getting souped up and like he goes to a training facility. Yeah, and at the end, like that oh, last yeah, race, yeah. no spoilers. Like, like that was tugging at the heartstrings, man. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen that one. Yeah. Now, do you remember if you got emotional towards the end, though? That's the main question. I don't think so. Really. Oh, okay. Usually my girlfriend's the one that gets emotional and she looks over to me and asks why I picked these movies. <laughs> Cars 3, you know, it's a tearjerker. That's what it's known for. Yeah. That and like the notebook. They're right up there with <laughs> yeah. each other. Exactly. All right. Uh, Apple Music or Spotify? Uh, Apple Music. Really? Yeah. It's wow. easy. It comes with the phone basically. So that's not a huge technology guys you could see with my internet so <laughs> what's what's on your playlist uh i usually just download the preset playlist from apple music <laughs> like whatever the top 50 is so no i'm not too, not i'm not too picky wow you're really easy going tristan yeah keep it easy keep it calm yeah. keep it cool all right well starting a little transition into hockey here uh would you rather have a game with 50 saves but give up one goal or a 10-save shutout? Ooh, probably a 10-save shutout. Team guy there. <laughs> <laughs> Shutouts are hard to come by, so it's... Yeah, that's, that's fair. All I right. had the stats. Yeah, and then uh, headshot or cup shot? Definitely a headshot. <laughs> Oh, man, take a conky over the one of the boys, right? <laughs> yeah, those Von Helmets are very good, so I, I have a lot of trust in my Von Helmet. Yeah, shout out, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> um, last one here, uh, Jerry, is 
Would you rather make a windmill, huge windmill save? And I'm talking like, like you guys are up by no. Yeah. We'll say you're up by one, like five seconds left. Guy walks in, goes glove high and you windmill all the way around or diving two pad stack poke check. Uh, definitely a diving two pad stack poke check. <laughs> you're a man of class. You know that I, watching flurry for so many years here has been uh it's been enjoyable to watch him do that. So I've always wanted to do that. Is that, do you think that's going to be his trademark save? You know, like when you think of, you know, Mark Andre Fleury, is that going to be what everyone thinks about is like the two pad where the legs up a little bit and then he's diving out, getting that poke check going. Yeah, I think so. That, and then his save in the Stanley cup playoffs against Detroit, where he kind of just dove over and got off his chest. I, I think that's the other one that everyone always remember him. It's um, Jerry. I like you a lot, but man, I, it's hard for you to bring that up to me because when I watched that as I was a kid, I, it was one of those where I was standing up and I, you know, like I'm watching it play out, and the puck goes like over. The end of, and they the let it go high, three, isn't it? And I, I was so upset because he just happened to like, like the lean over the way he did it was just so casual too because he just kind of leaned up, filled the net, took it off the chest, and they won. And I. Oh, I was beside myself. I was going insane, but, you know, sick goalie. I can't take that away from him, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I, uh, we were doing a little digging, and uh, I see you got a little a new family member added, uh, added to the roster there, huh? Yep, we have uh, another English Mastiff. His name's actually Kitty. <laughs> little boy. <laughs> little boy. He's uh, five months, and he's about 90 pounds already. What? Yeah, he's a he's a linebacker. <laughs> Massive dogs. Um, how you already have one English mat, mastiff, right? Yeah. How big is how big is that one? Uh, he's four years old. His name's Diesel. We think <laughs> he's around two hundred or a li- oh. little more. So, his little brother's supposed to be bigger than him. We think. Are you so, serious? Yeah. So. One big scary dog, and then we have a little one named Kitty. <laughs> do they do they go out to Pittsburgh with you? Uh, we have Kitty with us right now, and then Diesel's a little bit older, so we try not to travel with him too much, and he stays yeah. with my parents. Jesus, how do you travel with a dog that big? That's what I was thinking. Like that's ninety pounds in the back seat, just woofing out the window. <laughs> Takes up the whole window. <laughs> That's sweet, man. Um, I also read that you, uh, in order to kind of stay in shape, you and Murray have been working with uh, Buckley over like web work. What's that like? Uh, it's it's been good. We uh, use WebEx and we basically go over video. We've just gone over some players, I guess, the way they shoot the puck, the way they, I guess, get in position to shoot. And I think it's just been more so a tracking thing up than anything, just being able to watch and see what they're doing. And then we went over our games quite a bit, just seeing what we need to improve on, where we need to get a little bit better for when the season resumes. For sure. Do you, uh, do you ever, you know, maybe chirp Murray a little bit and look, you know, like, Oh, I got you there again. huh? No, me and Murray are good friends. And I think it's always fun when we do video together, especially <laughs> when, when he's, we go over like a shooter and he'll be like, Oh, he's going glove. And then I'll be like, Oh, I think he's going blocker. And then neither one of us get it right. He goes five hole or something. So. Oh no. That means and, uh, Buckley's got his work cut out for him. huh? <laughs> and then Buck- Buckley just kind of looks at us and goes, yeah, that's not where it went. So it's fun. <laughs> Good read guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You had a huge Mem Cup run. I mean, you had a lot of consecutively really good years with Edmonton, but uh, in that 13-14 year, you guys had a huge run to the Mem Cup. What was that like? It was fun. I played a lot of games that year, and I think it was just getting momentum and just staying with it. Like I knew I was going to play a lot, and I didn't know how much I was going to end up playing that year. So I think it was just something that – I had fun with at the beginning of the season. I think my first 10 games, I didn't do real great, but the team was still winning. So it was just kind of finding my game. And then after that, 
I think I finished the season really strong and then going into the playoffs is basically just mind over matter. I played all those games and it was just fun to be in that atmosphere. That was my first time playing in the playoffs in the CHL. So it was, it was fun and it was electric. Like you go to all these small little cities and play these teams and it's just a whole bunch of, uh, I guess, people from these little cities coming around to get around this one team that you're playing and it gets crazy in those little ranks. I mean, the amount of support they get, whether it's, you know, the dub, the O, you know, so on and so forth. When you travel out there and you play those teams, like they draw and they draw well because the city, like that's what they get behind. Right. You know, like they're all in, they're all in for their team, especially when you're starting to make a playoff run. But when you're talking in general, CHL hockey, it's just, you know, there's nothing else like it at that junior level. So. Um, yeah, you go to those small little towns and you're like, wow, there's nothing in here. And then you get to the end of the rink to play and there's six, 7,000 people and you can't even get a seat there. It's it's pretty fun and it's really loud and they're always pretty rowdy because that's all they have to do there. And it's usually cheap <laughs> beer, so it's it's always fun. Dollar beer nights are the best nights to go watch games, right? Yeah, I remember playing in Prince Albert the one year they had dollar beer and they put food coloring in the beer so it was all green so every you just see everyone with green beers all the way around the rink <laughs> nobody's missing out um we actually talked to uh Taylor Gauthier the other day and he said one of the his most favorite places to play uh arena wise was um Vancouver what's one of the favorite rinks that you've played in so far out there uh for the NHL or CHL? No, the, the dub. Uh, or CHL. I love the Vancouver rink, but I think it was more so playing at Rexall. We had such history in Rexall, and then just being able to see all the fans. Like We got anywhere from 10,000 to 14,000 fans for a game almost every night, and it was amazing the turnout that we had and the support that we had in Edmonton. And as we went further and further into the season, it just kept growing and growing. And I think by game six against Portland, the year we went to the Memorial Cup, we had almost 15,000, 16,000 fans Jesus. in Rexall for that game. So it was pretty memorable playing there. That's incredible. So what, what would you say was the uh, biggest jump for you from the dub to the AHL? I, I think the CHL is a really good job rounding the players and getting them prepared to move into pro hockey. I think they do a great job with the bus rides. You stay in the hotel, uh, basically almost being on your own. The only real challenge I had was moving away from my billets, I guess. I had to learn how to do things on my own. I had to cook. I had to find my own house where I was going to live. And I guess that was the biggest uncertainty that I had going from junior hockey to pro hockey was just I didn't know what to do. I didn't know where to go find a house. I'm in some place <laughs> in the country I've never been before. I've never even heard of. So I think it was just help getting help from the older guys. And I had a lot of older guys that did help me. So I think that's what made my transition so easy from junior hockey to pro. The cooking part that you mentioned there, that's got to be the hardest part of everything. Finding a place to live, not a big deal, but when you got to figure out how to cook or what to cook for dinner every night, that is a chore. Exactly. It was a lot of takeout my first year. <laughs> Sounds like Kyle. Oh, I'm still working on it. I haven't figured it out yet. Kyle can cook cereal well, and that's pretty much that, it. I think Tristan's got it figured out. The move is like the girlfriend. Yeah, my girlfriend does all the cooking for us, and she's a great <laughs> cook, so it keeps me well-fed. See, you figured it out, man. You're dialed in. Exactly. Yeah, works well. Now, before we get away from the dub here, it's claimed that the WHL is the toughest league in the CHL. Is that true? I'm not sure. Every league has their own, I guess, players, and they're all different, like the Q... The queue is always more skilled players and maybe a little bit smaller. But when we went to the Memorial Cup that first time around and we played those teams, I don't think we won a single game. And it just shows you how good all the leagues are coming from the <laughs> WHL and you're the best of the WHL and you don't win a single game. So I think going around the second time, you kind of 
just realize you have to play your game and what your team's good at and not try and get into a running gun type game with the OHL or the QHL because the they're all skilled leagues. But I guess it just shows you how well Canada develops players. No, for sure. I mean, it totally makes sense. But yeah, you hear that a lot about the Q um, with a lot of those guys running the running gun style and they're just up and down the ice and it's all, you know, more of a, I guess you could say like a skill kind of game rather than where you're playing more systems and stuff like that. So I could see where that'd be tough once you go and you, you know, you went out the dub. Cause I think you guys won two, you won two WHL champions, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you had the first one and then the second one where you guys made your run for the Mem cup. So like coming across those other teams from, you know, the Q and the O, like that's gotta be really tough to address. So that makes a lot of sense though. Yeah. Like the OHL was always a, a big strong team that would beat the crap out of you. And I think the WHL was more, more defensive. Like we, we had some big kids on our team, but I think the OHL, like I remember Sam Moray playing against him and he's six foot five, six foot six. I was like, wow, these kids are huge. Where where we had guys like Griffin Reinhardt and David Musil that were six foot four, six foot five. And it was like, it didn't even feel like nobody compared to some of those other OHL and QHL guys. Two different styles of play there. But um, I kind of want to bring up your mask a little bit. Uh, obviously, something pretty cool. You have Tom and Jerry on there. Uh, do you want to give us the backstory to that? Yeah. Uh, when I started playing junior, I didn't really know what to do with my helmet. My first year when I was 16, I had kind of a Call of Duty thing, and lots of zombies. and Sick. <laughs> kind of like foggy night type thing. And then uh, Christian Pallas and Marty Gurnat, two prospects we had from the Oilers, came to play for us. And they uh, they always called me Jerry. So I, they'd always go, Jerry, where's Tom? Where's Tom? So I, I kind of incorporated that. Then the next time I got a helmet, I was like, oh, I'll do Tom and Jerry. That kind of sounds pretty cool. So uh, and then... I guess two years, a year later, Christian passed away suddenly. So it was something that I've always done just in memory of him and the honor of him. And I think it stuck, stuck well with me. And it's just something that goes well with my character. And I think it's been great. Yeah. That's, it's awesome that, uh, you know, you're able to kind of keep that in, in memory of him and honor him. That's really cool. I mean, the best part about mass outside of the design is, you know, having meaningful stuff and have it be like a story about you. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. I think everyone thinks of me now. They always think of Tom and Jerry. So I like that. <laughs> That's definitely the, uh, the calling card there. Now I know you've had the penguins of the Madagascar on the mask before. Do you think we're ever going to get a cars reference? Yeah. I, I always let my painter just do whatever comes to mind so one year i did uh tom and jerry building the steel city bridges and then another year uh a famous wrestler bruno passed away in pittsburgh so i did uh tom and jerry and wrestling mass in honor of him so it's just basically whatever comes to mind and whatever happens around pittsburgh is kind of what i go with i had seen an interview here with you and i know the post-game questions are always pretty brutal. Like, oh, Jari, you went out there, you made 26 saves, you guys came up with a tough loss. Like, how do you feel? Well, I feel great. You know what? I love losing. I, I made some saves. And then, like, I hate those questions. But I got a quote from you. And uh, I think it was something along the lines like, Jari, you went out there, you had, like, 24 saves. How do you feel? And the response from you was, well, it's fun to be involved and it's fun to make saves. I was dying laughing when I saw that clip what's what do you think is the worst interview question you've been asked i know it's always tough you're always on the spot like you have usually around media scrums in pittsburgh there's a lot of media so you have always 20 or 30 people after you after a scrum so it's i usually try and get the questions out of the way as quick as possible because i'm not (laughs) a huge media person i don't like questions so it's just to answer them as simple and short as possible for me yeah, you just kind of want to give them the right answer, and then uh, yeah. the fans don't eat you alive, right? Yeah, like it's always, it's always hard. Like, why didn't you stop that one? Well, 
I didn't <laughs> stop it. And I'm not sure what I could have done, but I did not stop it. So, <laughs> yeah, those are definitely tough. Now, you had a goal, uh, 2018 19, eh? Yeah, first goal. First goal, yeah. What, uh, walk us through that. Uh, I tried a couple times that year. I tried at home, and a guy that's actually on our team now, Dustin Tokarski, I think we were playing uh, Hershey or Lehigh, Mm -hmm. and I went to shoot the puck, and I don't think it was going in, but as soon as it got to the blue line, he threw a stick and knocked it out of the way. As he was skating to the bench, I was like, no, like that might be be my only chance ever. Oh, and man. then uh, I think we were up. This was a 10 a.m. game in Springfield. There was no fat. It was a children's game. So like a high school game mm-hmm. from like grade seven to nine, I think it was. And they all had to get back to school. So we we played at 10 a.m. And around one o'clock when we finished, there was no fans in the ring for like the last seven minutes of the game. <laughs> So I just remember in Springfield, oh, like it's kind of slowing down. The game's not really picking up. I think we were winning 4-2 or something. And I was like, yeah, if I get the puck here, I'm going to try and shoot it. Springfield's like a tight rank. The boards are really bouncy. So I, I thought if they shot it in, I could try and grab it quickly and shoot it. And as soon as the guy walked just before the blue line, he shoots one right on that, straight in my glove. Oh. So I'm like, if I if I put this down quick enough, I might have a good shot. So I put it down as quick as I could and just closed my eyes and sh- shot as hard as I could. And I don't think the puck touched the ice till after the center line. I was, it just had a perfect roll and rolled straight into the middle of the head. So that's uh, what I remember of it. Wait, did it land upright and rolled directly in? No, it landed flat, but with the, oh okay. I guess the rotation of the puck, the way you shoot it. Yeah. You usually it always goes right for me when I shoot, just because the rotation, the way it comes off my stick, and I guess I had enough shots to the left where it just kind of slowly trickled in straight in the middle of the net. I was I was pretty happy about it. Yeah. You, so there's like that's what I don't think people when they do you know the half ice shot for you know whatever their prize is you know in intermission. Nobody plays the drift. You got to play the drift, right? Because the puck yeah, flow exactly. spin off. Yeah. See, Jerry, so. you're a smart guy. You're, you had it dialed in. You're like, well, uh, according to my calculations, I will close my eyes, let it go left post, and it'll slide and drag right into the middle of the net. Yeah, same way for golf. I usually aim 20 feet left, and it should <laughs> at least land somewhere on the fairway on the right. Just a little, you just got to calculate in, you, you know, like your curve, the slice, right? So it all works out. As it lands on the fairway, you're in good shape. Exactly. With that being said now, with all this, you know, a little bit of downtime and the nice weather up there in Canada, have you been able to work on the golf game at all? No, uh, actually our golf courses didn't open until the last day we left Pittsburgh. No. And then I, I didn't bring my clubs to Pittsburgh, so. There won't be any golf till after the season. That's a tough bounce there, huh? No, I, I usually keep it so I don't play till after the season, so it's good. That's good. You gotta focus I mean, on you, winning a cup, right? That's the goal. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh probably the less amount of golf you play, the better your season went. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. If I only get out once or twice, that's usually enough for me and that's that's all I need. Exactly. So the other thing, pretty cool experience you had uh, this past year was you were in the NHL All-Star event. What was that like? It was cool. I didn't really know what to expect of it. There, You see all these superstar players that you've watched on TV for so long, and then you get to be a part of them, and you're competing with them and just seeing how they do their craft and what makes them so good. So I think it was something that was cool to be a part of and something that I'll remember my whole life. Absolutely. And so now obviously the new format you play for, I think it's the million dollars. You really want to win it or it's still just a good time. And you know, if you win it, it's a nice little bonus. No guys really want to win it. Like when you're, (laughs) 
when you're in the dressing room, like we have to win this, like make sure everyone's giving it their all. And then you get out there and you see how competitive it is. Like guys, guys really want it. They, they think it's fun. And I think with the three on three, it makes it really competitive and it, it makes it wide open too. Like there's a lot of chances and guys are able to make their best move because they usually have time and it's usually a two on one or a breakaway coming against you. Do you like that challenge? Yeah, it's it's fun. You get to make some big saves and sometimes you don't have a chance and you just throw something out there like a stick or a pad and it ends up hitting it and it makes a big save for you. So it is exciting for you. That leads a great question though. What are your thoughts on like the three on three? Because I know defensively now with the three on three, like it's a gong show for goalies. It's a lot of one on ones or one on O's, two on O's, and like a two on O in ice hockey is brutal. So the like does it adds some excitement to the game but what are your thoughts on that yeah it adds a lot of excitement to the game i think it's it's nerve-wracking for for everyone like you see when teams start trading off chances like back and forth like two on one two on one breakaway breakaway (laughs) like it opens the game wide up and there's so many things that happen during the game and it just makes it that much faster and i think fans get that much more engaged and then it brings you to that excitement and you're trying to win it. I think it's just fun overall. It's something that I think the NHL has done a great job incorporating. For sure. 100%. Now with the All-Star game, did you ever see your mask, the All-Star mask? Yep. That was pretty sweet, huh? Yeah, that was awesome. So what, yeah. ha- what had happened was, you know, one going into this year, we had a, you know, a handful of guys that were going to the, <clears throat> excuse me, All-Star game. So Dom actually, you know, had the idea and Scotty had the idea like, well, what if we did a a cool mask? So not only do you walk away with like the jersey and everything and the memories and the photos, but we'll get a special mask done up and then we'll send it to the painter and then you get like a cool all-star edition mask. So we had sent one to Tristan here. So. Yeah, I had uh, Tom and Jerry on it, obviously. And then I had the cat playing goalie and then I had a whole bunch of stars covered in glitter. So it was pretty cool and my painter uh sylvie did a great job so i'm very fortunate and thankful to have that for the rest of my life absolutely now i wanted to ask you on gear because man jar you like you've worn it all you had like a v5 7800 which was so so soft you had a bunch of soft pads now you're in the slr um with the new technology and stuff today and like quick slide and everything like that does, have you noticed how much easier it is on gear and like how much easier it is to jump into new sets or do you kind of just is it the same old same old uh usually i'm not too picky with gear i i once you guys stop making it and force me to switch is usually when i switch <laughs> <laughs> so my old ventus pads that you guys used to make uh you forced me to switch out of because you didn't want to make them anymore <laughs> so I had to switch switch out of those into the SLRs, and then Berkey was like, "Hey, you gotta try this quick slide stuff. Like, it's it's really good." I was like, "Ah, it's it's fine. Like what I have works. I'm fine without it." And then I, he's like, "No, no, you have to try it." So I, I got a set of pads with them. Like, wow, I need this. This is this is awesome. <laughs> so then I've incorporated the quick slide now into my pad, and other than that, I just kind of go with what's the updated gear and when something goes gets old and out of stock i guess it's that's when it's time to switch now the quick slide did you were you like i don't know how the best way to describe it but when you get it got it were you a little bit out of control was there an adjustment period because that's what we heard from a lot of guys once they tried it they're like like does this get easier does it slow down at all and then, you know, we tell them, hey, you know, skate it, skate it a little bit, work on it. And then eventually everyone kind of dials it in. But, like, what were your first thoughts? Yeah, you you definitely know it's a huge difference. Like, it was a massive difference how much quicker it was, how much easier it was to slide. And I, that was definitely one of my thoughts. I was like, well, I don't know if I'll be able to control this. <laughs> if, if this is how it is constantly, then I usually – I got used to it pretty quickly, so it was something that I incorporated to my pad, and I think, like, just before Christmas this year. It's a game changer. Oh, so you switched mid-season? 
yeah, that was one of the only things that I switched mid-season was I had an old set of pads, and then those were my new ones for the second half. So Berkey's like, just try them. If you don't like them, we'll change it out. So I tried it, and it was something that I loved, so I, I kept it. Yeah, well, it's worked like, out. So. It's like Berkey knows what he's talking about, huh? Yeah, he, he's usually always right. So, <laughs> um, The next one I got to ask about, because these were sick. You did the vintage, full vintage style, like the old school material on the when you were in Edmonton with the Oil Kings with the red stripe. Those were gross. Yeah, it, it was my last year, and I did a all-black set. So for our third jerseys, we had like a lime green and black. So I did an all black set of pads, and then my other set was uh, this old vintage set with the red outer bar. I was like, for my last year, I want to do something cool, something that's like, oh, this goalie's got cool pads, just for something kind of going out. So that's what I did for my last year in the WHL. That's how you got to send it, right? Senior year, final season, swan song. You got to go big or go home. Yeah, and usually I've always done this outer bar white so it's it was something that i thought was cool and i definitely love doing it hopefully i get to do it again one day for sure maybe uh i mean you guys will probably get an outdoor game here sooner than later we'll do a cali tan set a little bit of sport gold there that'd be sick right yeah that would definitely be cool i'd be down for that sweet man well, Tristan, I want to say thank you so much for uh, jumping on with us. I wanted to see, is there anything you got going on coming up that you want to plug or anything you want to mention? No, we're excited to get hockey back. Hopefully we can get back into the rinks in the next week or two, start practicing, and then hopefully we get training camp underway sometime in July and then straight in, back into the playoffs. So it'll be an exciting time for hockey fans. And make a huge cup run, right? Hopefully that's the plan. <laughs> well, like I said, Tristan, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Uh, I want to wish you the best of luck moving forward. And, you know, as long as phase, what, two, three, and four all happen, hopefully you guys have a huge show and make that big cup run and uh, um, stay safe out there. And if you ever need anything, give us a holler. Sound good? Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thanks for hopping on. Huge thanks to Tristan Jari for coming on again. Uh, some great stories. Always cool to hear from a guy who plays, uh, you know, with Sid and Malkin and some big names in the league. So uh, I really like getting his perspective on it. Not to mention he's an up-and-coming stud, young guy who's uh, a little bit younger than me, a little bit older than you that's just uh, crushing it in the national. So it's always sweet to get that perspective, like you said. But with that being said, uh well, I guess we'll see how those guys shake down if they do end up playing because Pitt was on uh, – they're a little bit of a heater. Yeah. They're pretty good. They're pretty solid. And you know what? The best part of that room, those guys know how to clutch when it comes down to it. So if there is a cup playoffs set up and they are able to play, regardless of the break, the oh, vets yeah. in that room are able to sh get that room in tip-top shape and get everybody in line to be ready for cup playoffs. So won't be their first rodeo. Uh, with that being said, everybody head to the Vaughn Instagram. Look for a picture of uh, Kyle's beautiful mug next to his brother Chris with the t-shirts and follow the instructions to enter yourself a chance to win uh, Between Two Posts limited edition t-shirt as well as a little bit of Vaughn swag maybe in there for you. It's a little yeah. you know, surprise box, a little grab bag. We'll see what you get. 